0: Yes, you want to make something circular and sustainable, but you also want to make something that people want to wear, because in the end, that's how you're going to get people to buy those clothes that they really love and use for a long time. And that kind of brings us to that, that use phase in extending the, the life of the product. Speaking of sustainability, a podcast where we talk to front runners, innovators and business specialists on, well, sustainability. And where they think their industries are headed, and more importantly, how they can make them more sustainable. Hi there, this is Hani Larma from EcoChain, and in today's conversation, I'm speaking to Bert van Son, founder and CEO of Mud Jeans, the world's first circular jeans brand. We talk about the principles the Mud Jeans is founded on, how they prove their product sustainability, and tips for brands looking to become a truly sustainable fashion brand see you in the conversation. So hi, Barrett. Thank you so much for joining me uh, in this podcast conversation today.
1: Good to see you again. Old (laughs) colleagues.
0: Yeah, of course. So yeah, for all the listeners, um, yeah, I already do know Barrett earlier. I used to uh, work at Mudjeans. So we have a little bit of a uh, connection in that sense. But also, of course, Mudjeans is a client of Ecochain. So we have a lot of nice things to talk about that we've also done as a collaboration in that sense. So yeah, really nice to speak to you today. And for um, those listeners yeah. who don't yet know too much about Mud and and about what you're doing there, uh, if you could just give a short introduction of yourself and uh, yeah, what you're doing at Mud Jeans.
1: I do nothing. I just started the company, <laughs> and I hope that all the other guys in the company are working very hard. Now, I started the company ten years ago, and uh, I try to uh, invent new things and give direction to where we want to go in the coming five years and our dots on the horizons. Like, like for instance, now we want to make a fully, totally recycled pair of jeans from post-consumer waste, things like that.
0: You're the, the captain of the ship in that sense. <laughs>
1: I try to be.
0: Yeah, we're, we will get to, uh, of course, what you mentioned already, the road to 100, so the 100% yeah. recycled jeans and all of those topics, but just to get started on a more kind of general sense, um, what would you say is needed from fashion brands to actually be a truly sustainable fashion brand? What does that mean?
1: One of the things you have to start with is um, write down the mission and the purpose mm-hmm. of your company. I think a company without a purpose today has no reason to exist. So, and if your purpose is only to try to make as much as possible profit for your shareholders, I don't believe that's, that's a purpose of today's world. So firstly, your mission and your purpose, try to imagine what you want to do besides making sure that you can pay all thing, all daily things that have to be, have to be paid. I think you have done to start measuring if you want to be a sustainable company, or if you want to be, or if you want to improve your behavior, if you want to be better, then you have to know at least what you're doing. And for those measurements, you need uh, information and you have to give information. So that's important. Try to measure. Actually, it's a difficult thing we want to do. We, we actually want to try to sell less. Although we want our piece of the cake to be bigger, of course, in the jeans industry, but we want to have less dirty jeans on the market. So we want to grow and we hope that with our impacts, we leave a better system behind and that we can improve. Then we also can be hopefully a, a, an example company for other companies in the, in the fashion industry and we can talk for hours about it. It's a big issue. <laughs> You're asking a huge question there. Alan.
0: Of course, it's a really big topic, but I think a lot of the things you, you mentioned are really interesting. And I think as of course, I know Mott Jeans also, uh, knows a lot about is that there are a lot of consumers these days who are asking the right questions 10 years ago, saying that your sustainable brand was maybe to some extent enough, but now it's really about yeah. what is sustainability indeed to your company? Mm-hmm. What are the goals that you're setting? How are you measuring them? Uh, do you have the right type of information that you're looking at? And are you also willing to share maybe some of the things that, you know, you're not there yet with don't so, go
1: so well, yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so it, it's really interesting. And I think more and more, uh, companies, uh, such as jeans are responding to also having that information about your products available and, being able to, uh, really look at the, the right things and also know where you should be improving. So whether yep. that's the materials or the dyes or the processes or all kinds of stuff. So yeah, there's a lot to, um, to unpack there as well. Absolutely. But yeah, as there's a lot of, uh, different things we could speak about in terms of, being a sustainable fashion brand. One of the things that you mentioned, and of course, something that at Ecochain we're very focused on is, is the data aspect. So, um, being a data driven, uh, fashion brand as well. And what does environmental data mean for you at Mud Jeans? Why is this important for you to, uh, to gather that data?
1: I think that the fashion industry is one of the worst industries. And 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 it's gone way beyond reasonable consumerism. I think, we started making clothing to protect ourselves and and to look good. And it's, this is a very short story making of it. It's, it's exploded into this fast fashion monster that we're Consumers are told to, to wear every week something new or something different, which in my eyes is, is totally useless, but okay, we're all human. We want to look good. We want to express ourselves. So we're trying to find this thin line in between saying, okay, we make beautiful products, we want to make them of high quality, lasting long, and still you have to feel good And So we try to make this elementary collection which always has to be in your closet. And then we hope that you will buy some nice things on the side of it, but this is your basics have to be of good quality, last long and can stand the time of fashion. Let's say that, you know, the the jeans you you buy from me are still looking good after one year, I hope. And the second important thing is the use of raw materials in the fashion industry are totally absurd also. And we want to make it circular so we ask you as a consumer to think about the product you wear and also we hope that you will send it back to us that goes with the leasing system but also with the deposit system so if you send back your old teams you get a 10 euro discount we try to bring people to the idea of making fashion circular sending old clothing back to the producers and and uh, that they honestly start reusing it so there's There's legislation coming now for this, PR, the extended producer responsibility, which I think is a good thing. And hopefully all my, my competitors are are going to be uh, following this because this is our advantage. Now we are 10 years ahead. We're doing this already. And I hope because of this, it will help us grow and it will also help us beat the competition.
0: I think one of the the main problems uh, indeed in fashion, which you already mentioned was this kind of Uh, idea that we have to have this new collection every week or month or uh, all the time something new Um, and that's of course a big issue and um, how do you address that and and also the the other kind of point of yes you want to make something circular and sustainable but you also want to make something that people want to wear because in the end that's how you're gonna get uh, people to Buy those clothes that they really love and use for a long time, and that kind of brings us to that that use phase and extending the the life of the products and making something that is uh, lasting a long time that also people want to wear for a long time, something they're enjoying. Uh, and then the circularity aspect of, of what do you do after? So the end of life of the product. So what would you uh, what do you do after someone's done using it? So of course I know that uh, that Mud Jeans is particularly focused on that, of course, with the recycled jeans and, and collecting back the jeans that people don't wear anymore, which is a really important part of, uh, I think any kind of circular brand, but especially in fashion.
1: And it's hard because you make a lot of extra cost to do this. We gather all jeans, we put them all together. We have to ship them to Spain where our recycler is. So all these costs I have to find somewhere the coverage for, for this, and, and we cannot sell our genes much more expensive. Uh, we also want to treat all the people in the whole chain in a good way and give them a fair share of the profit of, or at least uh, give them a fair payment that makes it really hard. And, and if you then keep on going we're also saying, we don't want to use toxic materials. We want to use less water in the production chain. We want to recycle the water. You know, all in all together, it, it's very hard to be competitive.
0: And how do you deal with this issue? What would you recommend to to companies who might also have that same question? Like we want to work on sustainability, but it, it's going to cost us. What would you say to those brands?
1: You have to save money on other topics. So uh, unluckily for us, we, we cannot be that strong in marketing, but we still have to get to you and find you as a consumer. So. That's, that's a difficult one. We have a small office. We try not to travel so much. We, 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 are careful with collectioning. We don't make too many samples, you know, everywhere you have to be more agile and, and, and save money on, on all small things to be able to still exist and, and make enough profits your daily cost
0: it's about choices yeah I, I have one really nice example it's not really from a, a fashion brand it's actually from another client of us called candy they have mm-hmm. a, a headphones which they decided yeah. like okay we know that there are certain aspects like the battery and and other components which really have a huge impact on the environment so they saw that from their lca calculations as well and they decided okay we really need to change the way that we build this product and make it more efficient and compact and smaller. And in the end, they ended up making also smaller packaging. So the packaging ended up costing less and and there are ways um, that you have to kind of make those decisions, but it might also end up in a situation where that uh, having to really think about it and having to put focus on on making these solutions work can also in the end, end up being a cost benefit as well, to some extent.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's the same with our jeans that are coming from uh, Tunisia, from the factory. First of all, the transport, of course, much less. We were not hurt uh, when some Suez Canal is blocked or when the container prices go up. For us, it's very easy. It goes on the on the boat in, in Tunis and 24 hours later, it's in Marseille. And we, we, we pack the boxes without plastic bags around each jeans. We just fold them and put them in the boxes. So we don't have to pay the plastic bags, but we did it out of a Matter of saying we don't need plastic bags, rather jeans. So yeah. True. Things like that uh, are helping out. When you order online to us, we deliver normally the jeans by a school year, you know, on on the bike. And the other thing was that the cotton price last year went up dramatically and we use 40% waste. So we're only partly touched by that. Those things, yeah, you can have a little bit of luck doing uh, the right thing also. That's nice.
0: Yeah. And hopefully in the future, there will be more of these incentives, as you mentioned, yeah. there are going to be these um, yeah, directives coming from uh, places like the EU and also uh, hopefully there are some breaks also for the companies that are doing things
1: well. Yeah. There's this legislation that I talked about the, the EPR and now there's also a law coming against greenwashing, which helps us a lot because every genes Brands gives itself the, the green dot today. And, and if you go on Zalando and you try to look for jeans, every jeans brand is sustainable now, which is amazing, I think, and mm-hmm. totally unbelievable. So legislation will help us. Absolutely. Yes.
0: One of the, the important things that what you mentioned is that, yeah, there's a lot of companies that are really just greenwashing and are trying to put this sustainable stamp on their products, but aren't actually doing the work. And I know that for example, uh, Mott Jeans is one of the first jeans brands in the world who, uh, was also looking at, uh, biodiversity as a measure. So not only looking at, for example, yeah. carbon and these types of things. Could you talk a little bit about why you find it important that biodiversity, for example, is also, something that's, that, that mud Jeans looks at in terms of, um, yeah, having a full scope on sustainability.
1: Well, it's funny when you start a company like this, you just start by doing it and during your whole, your whole journey through becoming a really sustainable brand. And we are now working on this for 10 years. You learn all the time. And one of the things we learned is that, yeah, like you say, there's not only, there's not only CO2 emission and not only water usage and name, you can, you name it, but also the topic of biodiversity is becoming more and more a hot topic. People are talking about it. And we realized that actually nobody is measuring it, not only in the fashion industry, but in many industries. So we wanted to, to learn and and to try to find out what's happening in the world of also biodiversity. How do you measure that? How, what, what's good and what's bad? It's actually strange to say, when you make a product, we, we do account for loss of biodiversity and then imagine what's the industry standard. There's also something very difficult to capture. We said, okay, let's try to imagine, and let's try to find out. Let's try to calculate, and let's try to be honest about it. Those kind of things come up, and it's also because we work with a young team of very intelligent, uh, intrinsically motivated people that want to know these kind of things. So yeah, why not try to find out and be the first? And and although it's it's not a happy message would be honest about it.
0: Definitely. And I think it is indeed about, um, as you mentioned, there's so many things that, um, you can look at as a company and and CO2, of course, is one of the things that I think most often comes up in conversation, looking at carbon, but also biodiversity loss is, is something that I think more and more, you know, there was the David Attenborough documentary, of course, which was highly focused on, on biodiversity uh, loss, but, um. Yeah, as you said, it's it's not the nicest topic, but it's something that we should be aware about in, in the products that we are using and uh, also having the accurate numbers as as much as possible on those types of measures as well. So yeah. of course, we know that you've uh, performed a lifecycle assessment with Ecochain and and that this was one of the measures that you took into account. But of course, there's also other measures that you looked at. Could you talk a little bit about, how do you communicate about these results that you get from your life cycle assessments? How do you talk about that in your communication?
1: So we try to be radical transparent. Talk about, like you say, we talk about everything and also the things we still do bad or where we can improve. And that also has to do with our uh, B Corp assessment. We have to be transparent for them. And also we have to give ourselves, put ourselves goals for the coming years. That's why we have such an incredible high score on, on B Corp. Um, we talk about it on our website, every, every product you see under the product. Well, you notice know there's a, there's a measurements from you that gives you all the indication, all the, all the things you want to know about uh, these measurements. And we deliver every year um, a sustainability report, that gives you an over, overview of everything we do, also the traveling from us and then uh, you name it. So that's the way we express ourselves and tell people what we do.
0: One of the, the key things that you mentioned there is also the, the product specific, uh, sustainability yeah. information. There's a lot of companies who talk about kind of a general idea yeah. about the impact of, uh, a material yeah. or these types of things. But I remember when I was working at, at jeans particularly, I was really surprised back then about how the washes and the dyes and the different type of products can actually have quite a different impact.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And I remember that you have quite a big focus on also trying to uh, seek out which are those different styles and which ones had the lowest impact and, and kind of also promote those to the customers to let them know, like, these are the things that we can do to make the lowest impacts jeans possible in different categories.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's you see, for instance, the the dark blue jeans we make with, with minimal washings are are the most sustainable ones. We still are trying to convince our con consumers to buy our jeans. So sometimes we have to do a little bit more of washing or with ozone or with laser to be sure that we are also involved with the jeans that are running around in the streets, you know?
0: And Can you talk a little bit about how um, maybe the design process has changed when you found out, for example, you mentioned the the dark blue washes and those types of things. How has the design process changed after you know this information?
1: Well, actually, first of all, to go back a little bit, when you talk about circularity, I forgot to say that maybe it all starts in design. So if you want to be a circular company and it goes for everything, I would say every industry, you realize that you're making something that you would like to have back after use and that you would like to recycle everything that's in it. So the first rule of circularity is try to make it easy for yourself and try to create a mono stream of raw material. And that's what we've started to do. So the best thing is to have a hundred percent cotton jeans without leather labels and without, you know, without other materials. So we are still struggling to, to find a biodegradable stitching yarn. Cause the, the, strongest today is still polyester. We are also struggling with the, with the percentage of elastan that you put in. Of course, for comfort's sake and for looks, maybe you want to have 20% polyester or, or elastan in them, we don't want to do that. So we go up to two or 3%, which we think should be the max and yeah. our Recycler tells us that it's still doable to recycle that. So those are all challenges that companies that just design genes don't have. And yeah. Then yes, also with the outcome of your measurements, we, we know that we, you know, if you start really bleaching the genes and you use toxic material, that's not a good idea. So we use ozone for the, for the bleaching process, which then okay. helps. But of course you can argue that. It needs more energy there or, or things like that. So it's all complicated, but yeah, as long as you measure, you can take decisions.
0: Yeah. It's about also making those informed decisions based off of uh, the information that you can uh, gather about your products.
1: But sometimes well. you have to have compromises and still use a little bit last time, or still, you know, we don't want to. Damage the jeans, for instance, when you, when you damage jeans and you sell damaged jeans, I don't think that's very sustainable, but you know, sometimes that's the fashion, but we don't do that. We, we just say mm-hmm. that's first the, the line that we don't want to go on.
0: In any kind of sustainable decision-making, it is about making choices and also about, um, yeah, seeing back uh, to those goals that you set as a company. What are the most important things that we want to focus on or, you know, whether it's The materials or um, the circularity aspects and all of these things what do you want to take into account and that's kind of your guiding light in those decision makings then even when they're sometimes a bit tough kind of back to the uh, you've mentioned it uh, a few times already in this conversation and i know that it's a big motto at at mud jeans that you want other companies in the fashion industry to follow in the footsteps of mud jeans and and of course, Machines is a front runner in uh, sustainable denim and within the fashion industry. So what advice would you give to um, brands who are wanting to also follow in this really sustainable path, but are maybe a, more at the beginning of their journey? What advice would you give to them?
1: Interesting. I had a talk with uh, our minister, uh, Lise Schreinemacher, and she was doing an uh, a review of middle-sized companies in Holland. And one of the questions he asked was, do you have a CSR manager? And 99% of the companies replied, no, we don't have a CSR manager because it's too expensive. And I would say, yeah, come on. I mean, even part-time you could have a CSR manager and start measuring what you do and, and be interested in this. We are, there are very far behind. If you don't measure then you can't say anything about your products and you can't say that you're sustainable and you can't say that you are doing something better. So hire a CSR manager, start with that or even part-time and give her him or he a free hand, let them research your company and be, be open for change and change is always something very difficult. Nobody likes change, but you have to be open for change and, and that's where it all starts and then the journey gets good gets interesting and, and you'll see that many people in your company are very much in favor of trying to do the things differently. And if you see the positive reaction of that and the fun, then the ball starts rolling and you can start making really changes in your company. Well, that's advice.
0: very good advice for sure. And I, and I think that's also something that I have heard from yeah other sustainable leaders before. And that, having someone in your company who can rally these uh, initiatives and can exactly. make sure that everybody knows what's happening and can also ask questions and, and be curious about, because as you said, um, it's not about that, you know, everything up front. you're going to be yeah. curious and find out more about what's happening. And, and hopefully that makes the people in the company excited and, and want to know even more and improve.
1: And be proud of working in your company. Also.
0: Exactly. That's also something I think especially the younger generation is, uh, is interested in this. And, and those are the people who are entering the workforce. I mean, it is a topic that everybody should definitely be interested in. I mean, it affects us all, uh, climate change.
1: We've, we've created this mess, so we should also feel responsible and Start finding solutions for the mess we pre- my my generation has created for you guys. So
0: yeah, we're all in it together. On that note, uh, of course, Mod Jeans is uh, is a front runner um, in this fashion space. But are there some other people, organizations, or companies that inspire you in terms of what they are doing to make our society oh, yeah. more sustainable?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, Patagonia. I'm a huge fan of Fairphone. In, in a total different industry where they do something ma- magnificent uh, of course everybody loves Tony because because they're slave free chocolate.
0: yeah Tony Chocoloni, of course
1: <laughs> my heart goes to Dopper that now launched the new water tap they they just keep on going with their mission they know their mission and they just go straight forward to it. So so there's a lot of examples that are going well.
0: Nice and a lot of those were also Dutch so. You can be proud. (laughs)
1: Maybe because I'm in my little inner circle, my little bill. But no, there's international fantastic things happening, but I I may not know them
0: that well. Yeah. Of course, also Patagonia with the news recently and everything, it's definitely a company that we can all look up to and and other ones as well. Yeah,
1: stewardship, owner stewardship is is an interesting topic as well. We have to look into that as
0: well. Yeah. And I, I also love that you mentioned uh, Tony Ciccoloni, which is of course also from a more of a social sustainability perspective and other. Um, yep. another note, which is very important. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. It was really interesting. And, uh, of course I knew already a little bit about machines, but, uh, I'm sure a lot of other companies can listen to the conversation and, and learn a lot about, yeah. How you want to make it uh, successful and sustainable.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for listening to our chat. Don't forget to follow and review. So we know how you like the conversation. See you next time.